Welcome to the B-Ball Index Podcast. This is sort of a conference finals preview-ish, but the series have started already. It turns out, I think I talked about this before, doing a podcast and trying to end and recap and preview all the series really does not work for your weekly schedule if you have other things going on. Uh, But we got the Warriors and the Mavs for LeBron. We've been doing the win probabilities all the way through the playoffs, so we have the Warriors at 82%. Uh, for the win probability, and then Heat Celtics. We have the Celtics at an 89% win probability to win the series, and that was before the series started. Uh, so now, right now, the Heat and Celtics are 1-1, and the Warriors are up one game, so we, we got all that out of the way. So now we can actually talk about some basketball. So the Celtics win tonight. They blow out the Heat, right, in the second game. And my initial reaction was, Jason Tatum's just two inches too tall. Like, he is two inches too tall to stop sometimes. Because, like, if he was a 6'6", like, shooting guard, kind of small forward, that would be okay. But he's just so much bigger when he gets in the paint where it's just such a problem. It opens up, like, the it's it's like the new age of, you know, guys like LeBron and Luka and him where it's like the passing is so hard to stop because the windows are there because they're so tall. Like, when they drive into the into the paint. Like, you know, if you're Steve Nash or something, you have to be a wizard, right? Like, there was never going over the top of your defender as, you know, skip pass or something to the corner. And with these guys that are so big, it's just like, well, I don't know what you really do. Marcus Smart had a fantastic game. I uh, think he had, like, 20-something points. A number of standout defensive plays. And it's just one of those things where when Marcus Smart plays well and hits shots, I mean, the defense, I mean, that that's more... It reminds me of like a like a center fielder that was like a slap hitter in baseball where they'd be like, well, speed never goes into a slump. And I'd be like, Marcus Smart's playing good defense most of the time. Like one of his greatest strengths is like not only having like a high motor, but just like bringing that night to night. But when he's hitting shots, it's just like, well, you're just not going to beat the Celtics. Like, like when you get to be a good enough team and like your fourth best offensive player is the one making it's like when Draymond was hitting threes with the early Golden State teams like Draymond hits like two or three threes in a game it's just like it's over like you are not gonna win this game uh it it definitely seemed like the Celtics were like well we'll just see if Jimmy Butler beats us uh especially like I watched a lot of I like really intensely watched the second half of the game I know that was the least interesting half of the game uh, I started I actually missed the first quarter and got into the second quarter classic Lakers if you're a Lakers fan you know you, you get there in the second quarter you leave early in the fourth it's just kind of you gotta avoid traffic same thing as a viewer it's like I don't want to get caught up in all the uh, I hate the beginning of the game when everyone has a ton of energy and everyone's just flying around and I'm like yeah everyone get tired running around for seven minutes let things settle down the classic like pick up basketball I'm like I'll get there a little late. It's funny. My uh, my brother's been texting me. Uh, he was like, hey, so, you know, who do you got for the series? Who do you got for the game? I have another friend who's a big sports gambler. He's like, who do you got tonight? And I worked in sports radio for years. I hate picking games. I goes, guys, here's the secret. I don't know who's going to win. Nobody knows. And so people are just always like, what's your take? What's your take? What's your take? And I'm like, well, I'll talk about things. I'll talk about why I like a team or why I don't like a team or like what I'm looking for, what I think is going to be like the like crux of the of the matchup, the crux of the series. But just straight up picking games, especially individual games where it's like, like I, I, I was right today. So, of course, I'm going to bring it up on the podcast. I was like, my heart says the heat, but my head says the Celtics. Celtics getting you know all their guys back. And it's like... Yeah, uh, sure, I'm right, so let's talk about it, but when I'm wrong, I don't know, I just, it's, 
we don't do a whole lot of that on this podcast. If you're looking for that, I don't know, I guess go somewhere else. Um, we're, we're all about the data here, the win probabilities, and then also, well, I don't know. I guess my opinion. <laughs> uh, I'm not really going to talk much about the Golden State series. Like, it's just one of those things where if you if you were to just take all the Mavs and all the Golden State players and you lined them up against the wall like you're in elementary school and you pick players, it would be like, all right, I'll take Steph first. Next guy takes Luka. Then you're going to take a whole bunch of Golden State players before you take any Memphis or Memphis before you take any Mavs players, and it's like, all right, that's the answer. Like, they're just not in the same league. Like, you saw the thing, like, you know, the Mavs might hang around for a while, and then Golden State loves to turn it on at the end of the third quarter, and all of a sudden they hit a couple threes and get in transition. Like, when you see them get in transition versus the Mavs, it's like they are operating at, like, 1.25 speed, and the Mavs are just like, okay, we're just trying to stay afloat here. Um, well, that being said, if Luka averages 50 for the series, they could win. So, I mean... As top 20 player of all time, Luca, you know, what he is, that's possible. So I guess you, you, you got to punch his chance. And then, is there anything else? A Duncan Robinson got in the game tonight. I got very excited about that. That's my guy. I really like him a lot. I, I really like players with super elite um, singular skills, right? You're going you're gonna to find that the more you listen to uh, this podcast. Like, Duncan Robinson, all about that. Max Struess, yeah, that makes sense to me. P.J. Tucker, uh-huh, yeah, no, I got that. You just play defense, and you just stand in the corner, and, like, when you have to catch the ball anywhere else, you're just like, get this hot potato out of my hands. <laughs> um, I really like players like that, because something about, like, they make sense to me, or, like, every time they get the ball, I'm like, well, I know what they're doing. I know what they're not doing. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's, it's one of those games for the Heat where, I don't know, you're just going to lose. The, the pendulum's going to swing back the other way sometimes in series. It's one of those things where, like, Bam's a hard guy, right? Because he, during the regular season, you know, he's somewhere around, like, 18, 19 points a game, it seems like. And then in the postseason, it's been down a tick. And it's hard because he's one of those guys where it's it's hard for him to make things happen on his own. Like, he's a really good player. He's a, a great team defender. Um he has versatility. He can pass. Like, he's very, like, modern in the way that you see him. Oh, also, side tangent. So, he's, like, 6'9", right? He's not that tall for a center. And uh, he's a good athlete. And uh, he is a good defender. But, you know, he's not that, like, usual, like, 7-footer thing, right? And that's what one of the things that makes him, like, such a... a they they switch him a lot because he's very good at that. Because, like, honestly, he's just a forward. Like, he's a pretty big forward. You know what he is? He is a forward with the right attitude. He's not really a center, but in his mind, he's like, "Ah, no, I'm pretty, uh, I'm pretty bad guy out here. I'm pretty big. I'm pretty tough." And it's so funny because so often, like, you know, all the draft stuff starting up, and there's so many guys that, like, you know, you look at like Kuz. Kuz is like six ten, pretty good athlete. Not the best laterally, but once you start getting up there, like six ten, there's not a whole lot of guys moving laterally well. It's not really possible. And you know, it's a thing of like. You know, like when the Lakers were bad, I was like, let's, let's throw a little coos out at small ball center. And it's like, there's so many, especially like in the analysis realm of basketball, right? Of what you think a player can be, right? Where you're like, well, I like these tools. I like this wingspan. You know, maybe you can shoot a little bit. Or like, you know, this guy's a mid-range game. Maybe he could step it out. But it's so much about what that player thinks they are, right? Like I've seen so many guys where it's just like, you are one of the biggest players on the court, but they think they're a small forward. They're like, nah, I'm a wing. I catch it. 
I shoot it. I put it on the ground for three dribbles. I get to the to the hoop. Like that's what I am, you know. Where it's like, ooh, am I like your like lockdown wing stopper defender? It's like, oh no, that's not really me. I'm more of something else. Where it's like, whatever they decide they are is so much more important of like what you decide they are. And Bam is one of those people where it's like, well, you have a great attitude, and that is very important. But it also like there are limitations to. I guess this kind of wraps around to multiple things of like. Having a great attitude is fantastic, but at the end of the day, you're not seven feet, so you're not going to be like a dominant, dominant player around the hoop because you're just simply not big enough. The problem is when like forwards switch on you, when like Tatum switches on you, you're like, oh, those guys are like, I'm oh, not that far apart in like not only height, but weight. That's another danger. Like, you go off on weight. Weight is extremely important. No one ever talks about it, where it's like, well, both these guys are like similar heights. And I'm like, yeah, well, one guy is 50 pounds heavier. Hello, <laughs> that matters. Um, but yeah, you see a guy like Tatum, who he's not super skinny, uh, switch on to Bam or something. And you're like, okay, yeah, he might be able to hold his own there for a while. You know, that, like that, that's not as, it's, it's not the same thing as a seven footer catching it. And like, if you can keep the ball high, he can get a dunk, you know? Uh, but yeah, it's a trade-off with Bam. It's like, well, there's a reason that he's so good switching. Cause like, there's not a lot of seven footers, like hanging with people laterally. So and it's a give and take. It's a big, long thing. And uh, I'm sort of muddled about it because I like him. I like how he plays. But it's one of those things where it's like he's one of your better pl- Okay, so Jimmy Butler's your best player, right? That's obvious. And then after that, Bam's probably the second best player on the team. And it's one of those things where I, I do this all the time where it's like, all right, who's your best player? Can you win a championship with Jimmy Butler's your best player? It's like maybe he's like a top 10-ish player. So, okay, that, that's that's possible. And it's like, all right, your second second banana where it's like, bam. And it's like, uh, okay, well, that's tough. You're going to have a really deep team. Luckily, the Heat do have that. You have Tyler Hero. You have you know, Kyle Lowry's hurt. You have Kyle Lowry. Like you have other guys where you're like, okay, like the, these players are – because the thing is – they're maybe not the strongest at the you know second best player on their team, but they're really strong at like the fourth best player on their team, right? So you can overcome some things there, but it's tough because Bam, he can't like force the issue with the game that he has, and that's tough. It, it makes it so. I mean, you need a really good coach. He have he'd have that, which is good. But when you play an elite defense like the Celtics and you don't have a lot of guys like, well, man, who do I sound like right now? You don't have enough guys imposing their will on the game. It's like, you know, what? there's two. This is what I told I told an ex-girlfriend this one time. I was like, basketball, there's two different types of players, right? There's people that can dunk and put their nuts on people's heads. And then there's everybody else trying to do a job, right? Those are the two real distinctions in players when winning championships. And... Jimmy Peller's got a little of that. Like, he's got some of that where you're like, all right, this guy's clearly better than most of the other players. But then even him, it's like, well, he's, Jason Tatum is like, might as well be a wizard, right? Like, Luca, you're in wizard territory. Jimmy Peller, he's close to that, but he's not, he's not quite there. Like, for him to score 40, he's just got to work so hard. And Tatum can get 40 where you're like, are you, you're sweating, but, like, you're not exhausted. What's going on here? I don't know. I don't even know what the analysis is here. I think the analysis is the Celtics are very good. They have a really strong defense. And they have enough on offense. It's really obvious that the Celtics don't have, like, a strong primary ball handler. Like, the more I watch them, the more I'm like, credit to Marcus Smart, right? He, like, realized this the last couple years. He was like, oh, we don't have one of these guys. And, like, I'm the defense guy. 
and I got to bring some value on offense. So like, I'm going to try to be that. And it's one of those things where it's like, that's a great attitude. Like you got to have guys with good attitudes to win. It's pretty tough to not. And he does like a, an admirable job, I would say, but it is tough. Cause like the, the, the score and gravity just like really isn't there. Super strong. He does move the ball around. And they have enough other, like when you're passing it to Jalen Brown, to Jason Tatum, like we talk about this all the time, where like if you're like the third or fourth best player and you catch it and the defense is slanted the wrong way or you're attacking a closeout, right? Like that's not that much harder. To, like it's not that hard to do. Like if the, your defender's already in a bad situation and you're a pretty good player, like you're like, all right, I can blow by him, right? And now I have, I'm getting into the key with a live dribble and then I can use my move to get around the next guy or keep the, the chain of passes going. And with the Celtics, when you kick it out to Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, it's like they don't even need the defender really honestly even to be in that bad of a position. Like if they're in any bad position at all because Marcus Smart did suck them in a little bit, it's just like, oh, you're done. Like Jalen, you're done. It's over. <laughs> Um, so I guess that's that's maybe the weakness of the Celtics. But then when you have Marcus Smart play phenomenally, it's just like, well, you just lose. So I don't know if you're the Heat. I, I might start mixing it up if I'm the Heat. I might start throwing some funky lineups where it's like, all right, this defense is like really hard to break down. Jimmy Butler, the great thing about him is he can go into like facilitator mode. And uh, it's not the greatest version of it, but it is a very good version of it, right? Where he's a good playmaker. And he kind of has that extra gear of when he flips that switch of like, I'm not looking to score. He he can do it in a way that like really, really honestly, I guess elevates him into that top 10. Because he's, he's not a top 10 scorer on just his, on just his, his scoring and defense, right? Where it's like, uh, it's really good. You're a really, really strong two-way player. Like you're in the Paul George territory, right? And then that extra playmaking, I guess Paul George has good playmaking too, but uh, that extra playmaking like really gets you into that top 10 where you get all of it together and he's playing well and he just like, I don't know, just seems to care more than other people. And it's like, you just kind of willed himself into the top 10. <laughs> like, honestly, where it's like, I keep not wanting to put him in the top 10, but I keep making lists and I keep being like, well, I, I think he's the 10th best player in the league. But I would like to see Jimmy just go into like full pass mode and run out a Struce Duncan Robinson lineup where it's like, you got two guys standing in the corner that are both like elite, elite three point shooters. Uh, that could be interesting. I don't know how it works on defense uh, with the rest of that line. You could get really crazy, right? You have Bam in the middle with Jimmy Butler with the ball, and then you have Hero, Duncan, and Struess. Like that's one of the more elite three-point shooting lineups uh, that I can think of in the league. That's like Nets territory. Uh, I guess it didn't even ever get to happen. But once they got, once they traded for Seth Curry, it was like they have the Australian guy. I forgot his name. They got Joe Harris, who was hurt next year. Next year, that three point lineup that i keep talking about it's going to get out there it's going to be exciting but i i don't know how you play defense with that lineup but you maybe you could just outscore boston i don't know because uh you know even boston gets stuck in the mud on offense sometimes because like i said the the primary ball handling is not there uh but i mean i don't know i don't know what's gonna happen i think the celtics are gonna win the series but uh be kind of cool if the heat won so that's the analysis all right, so that's going to wrap it up for this episode. There's not going to be an episode next week because I have to go to a wedding. Um, but, yeah, 
my name is Taylor at Taylor Metrics on Twitter. And uh, if you haven't, go to Basketball Index. Check out the matchup simulators for the playoffs. There's a free version of it. There's a paid version of it. Um, the free version of it is still pretty cool. If you're not uh, a subscriber, if you are, you get all the bells and whistles. Uh, new LeBron stat just came out. Or sorry, LeBron uh, app just came out. This is free to use. Shows, you know, LeBron, the overall impact metric, then the O and D, the offensive and defensive versions of it. And then we have uh, our LeBron's wins added, which is similar to war. You know, we call BBI war, LeBron's wins added. You know, there might be a discussion behind the scenes. We're trying to change the name. Which name would you think is better? Just let me know. Uh, but yeah, that's going to do it for this episode of the B-Ball Index Podcast. <laughs>